Welcome to Mobile Armor Radio, the podcast for all things Mecha. Jump ship incoming. <laughs> and with the sound of the clacker, here we are again at another exciting episode of Mobile Armor Radio. It's like deja vu. 66. Yes, uh, part two, you might say. <laughs> the cursed episode. The, the cursed is, episode. This, these are the cursed files. Yes. Palpatine cursed Brian. us. And I'm Chopper. I'm Rob. You can hear me this time. Hello. Yes. <laughs> that That's the important fact uh, is that uh, we may have recorded this once before and uh, couldn't hear everybody on the, on the opposite end. For some so, people, that might have been a bonus episode. Yeah. <laughs> that might, this, that some might, people might have just put that episode out. That might have been our most popular episode ever. Ouch. <laughs> Single tear. Yeah, and only one person will try to listen to it. Okay. Beagle, yeah, we love you. We'll, we'll, we'll pour out one for the homie episodes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I believe I believe we, we tried asking each other, like, how the weather was. And, oh, it's uh, snowy, yeah, that's right. over Thanksgiving. There's actual snow on the ground. Yesterday I was complaining that there was no snow on the ground, and tonight there's snow. Oh, well, you have snow now. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I got the yeah, snow so that you guys got the day before, so. Yep. Uh, and I asked how Thanksgiving was. How was your Thanksgivings? You yeah, gave thanks. Good. Yeah. It, it, it was pretty good. Uh, with the, the one disappointing part was uh, the Lions beating the Packers uh, at, at football, which I'm sure no one really cares about on the show, but it was, uh, it was a big part of my Thanksgiving experience. But, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was... It was quite the upset considering uh, how how well both teams have been doing throughout the year so far. Detroit's was... been choking. Yeah, I think Detroit's on the on the downslope. But this isn't the NFL podcast. This is the. No. Was there any mechs on the field? I don't think so. <laughs> well, let's see. It was it, no because it's Jared, Thursday. Jeff they have... is it, what's Jared, what's Goff's first Jared, name? Jared. Jared. Jared Goff is, is a mech. Oh, he's he's so, a robot like, in disguise. The NFL the NFL, like, since the Transformers, and this will be a fun part if we can recapture Pat's rants about the Transformers movies. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's, but, that's coming up. Like, since the Transformers <laughs> movies came out, the NFL has a robot mascot. That's true, they do, uh, yep. And and no one knows why. Uh, they just do. Well, Fox, it came out, it was a Fox thing. It was their... Was it the Rock'em Sock'em robot? It, it was their thing? morning sports show. Uh, kind of CGI thing. I don't know if it had anything to do with the Transformers, but it, uh, well, I think it was in the Zeitgeist. I, the uh, robots. yeah, it, it was it was more of a Zeitgeist thing. It's like people really like those Transformers movies by Michael Bay. Uh, I feel like those that robot's been a while. Yeah, the Transformers uh, have been out for like those fifteen years. <laughs> Not saying that, but uh, yeah, I think it's no. They've had the, they've had that robot mascot. Kind of looks like Bumblebee, uh, and they've had him for years now. Yeah. Um, still still kicking um anyways but, uh, but yeah with that that's enough small talk for now we're ready to get into the drop ship yo drop ship landing and here we are in the drop ship now the dropship is brought to you by one of our sponsors the madness of john bear ross on patreon Join the madness of JBR. Visit patreon.com slash John Bear Ross or search for John Bear Ross on tribes at myminifactory.com. 
one full-size 28 millimeter mech per month and more and uh this i was going to mention is uh what's upcoming for him this next month is project kyphos maybe kyphos uh, it's uh, it's another one of his giant mechs, but it's this time it's kind of like a hunchback from uh, from uh, BattleTech, big uh, shoulder shouldered mounted weapon, but uh, yeah, it looks cool. I like the new head, but uh, this is the kind of stuff you can expect. He has he has a miniature in for scale. That's a twenty eight millimeter miniature, so you can tell how big they are. So these they, these they are some big big uh, yeah. STLs that he puts together. Yeah, so that's what you can be expecting. We're going to shoot right over your mind since we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, sure. so so to, to for those that aren't familiar with the, the show, so the dropship is the part where we talk about uh, projects that we've been working on that are, are mech-related or hobby-related. And, uh, you know, sometimes this is a, a quick section of the show <laughs> as, as a lot of us get very busy. Uh, but we will throw it over to Rob. What do you have up for us? Well, coincidentally, I printed something from John Bear Ross. This is his uh, hey. Rifleman, not Rifleman, called a Fusiler. It's Rifleman, but not Rifleman? Yes, it is pretty much Rifleman. But uh, it, or I think uh, Macross has these guys too. So. Yep, uh, uh, the, I think they're called Destroids. Yeah, Destroids. destroids. They're all they the destroids. different types of Destroids, yeah. The non-transforming yeah. ones. Uh, I did shorten the bottom barrels to make it look like the modern uh, rifleman, but uh, other than that, this is how it comes. It's huge, as you can see. That's my head. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was pretty awesome. Uh, multiple colors, as you can see, because I had a hell of a time with the resin. I bought resin from Amazon, and it came, and it was not good, but I didn't realize that until I started using it. So I, my original resin was the green, so I had green resin. And then this grayish one is the kind of the green and the, the the bad gray mixed together. And then eventually I bought white. That's the top one. So it was a mix of all those to try to get this thing printed. So it, it took a long time to print this thing just because watch out for that resin. Sometimes it gets cold, I think, and it uh, something goes wrong with it. So Yeah, but this time of year for sure. I got a refund at least for it. So I can't complain too much. That's a good thing about Amazon. Yeah. Uh, uh, as for anything else, I think that's it for me. That's all for my uh, dropship. I didn't do anything else on him. I don't believe in painting, so. <laughs> How about you, Pat? What have you been working on? Uh, actually, I've been working on a little bit. Uh, so I was down in the basement doing some stuff for other projects. And so in between working on the other projects, I started working on my Zhang again. And uh, mm -hmm. like we talked about last month, I rattle can primed pretty much a lot of the sprues. Uh, and that is now since sped up <laughs> my uh, assembly process because now I'm not wasting a lot of time priming, waiting for it to dry, and then coming back and airbrushing the chrome and the or the aluminum. You use aluminum too, which which is nice. That's uh, that's airbrush paint, the aluminum. Yes, aluminum color or chrome color. Really. Nice. Uh, aluminum is a little shinier than chrome. Oh yeah. Uh, but it works really well for differentiating on transparent paint. Yeah, um, yeah, you get that little underglow kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, in between working on other projects, I finished parts of it, so I got now I have the upper torso put together. So now I got to get work on the waist and the legs and I think the arms. He's a big boy. And I should I should be done with most of the big pieces. I think what comes after I get the the top half, which is about as big as my half of my body, and about as wide as my shoulders, <coughs> is ginormous. It's a big. Uh -oh. Yeah. 
Um, I think I put that together with the waist, and then I start with the fingers. <laughs> oh, jeez. And so that's going to be weird, the size of the hand of that thing, so. I wonder how big um, it is. Yeah, is it like your size hand, do you think, or a little bit smaller? Well, you know, like, no, it's smaller. It's definitely smaller. Is it more like your wife's size hands? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I think that's as far as robots. I think I did that. I didn't. Uh, my other projects I'm working on aren't uh, mech related. Um, I'm trying to think. Did I did I work on anything mech related? <laughs> I've been so well. I have still been cranking out the cab. Uh, you know, every once in a while I get a little tired of, of airbrushing. I'll take a, a quick second and I'll uh, throw another color on a calf. Well, I'll knock out uh, all the, the, the calf terrain scatter pieces uh, that we got in that Kickstarter, which is a giant bag. And I, yeah, there's so tons. I've been uh, – I, I, I try to keep, like uh, – since I have multiples of – we usually have – they came and gave us multiples of four yeah. of the different types. I try to keep a set of four on the desk that if I'm just uh, – I don't want to paint that just yet. All right, I'll knock this thing out real quick. A bunch of different colors of gray. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not I'm – not, super painting those cav terrain pieces wow. there's terrain pieces uh, yeah so i'm doing just like base colors maybe a wash and then a, a dry brush highlight i might rust up with some pigments some of the wrecked vehicles and stuff like that but uh, i don't put too too much of an effort into it so it's nice where i can just go blah 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 blah, blah, blah. oh <laughs> look at that yeah all set so uh, now, have, have you, like, since since we spoke last, have you brought your camera down? Oh, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. I do need to I do need to take some pictures of the Zhang. Uh, mm -hmm. But no, I have not. I, because, uh, as we said before, I'm not tied to my phone. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a, I grew up in a time when you did you couldn't bring a phone with you everywhere. But uh, so, you also have cameras, though. <laughs> I do, but I don't, but... Uh, they're still up here. Yeah, but you the probably have multiple that, cameras. Just leave one downstairs. The bottom line is that they're all upstairs. I don't. I always forget to bring them down, <laughs> and uh, I just don't. And so uh, I'm inherently lazy. You just got to make a habit of not, grabbing the camera not, when you went. I'm not going to walk upstairs to get a camera. Yeah, but you, you bring it down right when down. you go downstairs. Just remember to bring it with you. I know. One of these days I will. One of these days. Got to take it out of the bedroom. Bring it downstairs, Pat. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's in the office. It's uh, literally we, when we were organizing like, the office, like, but like reorganize the, the office again. Sarah's like, where'd this camera go? Where'd this video camera come from? Where's this video camera go from? Go, oh, yeah. I forgot we had those. You should bring it downstairs. <laughs> That's what yeah. she probably said to you. <laughs> so, uh, nice. yeah, but that's it. All right. Well, uh, my my hobby table has been uh, pretty pretty light on mech related things. Uh, mostly been painting up like D and D minis, uh, mostly to get like practice with my my speed paints. I got the Army Painter uh, speed paint uh, set, so like getting a lot more familiar and comfortable with that and how well you know how they paint um, has been a big part. And um, but I did have. Uh, uh, the Corvus Games Terrain actually has a Kickstarter going on right now for a new line of uh, in their their uh, Tycho Starport esque buildings uh, called the uh, Magna Fortuna, and 
kind of with that, I was able, he sent us some samples to, to do for the Dead Zone, the podcast show, and uh, <laughs> printed printed off a couple of those and, and came up with a, a quick spray, uh, spray paint kind of scheme that I can uh, get those on the table a lot faster than, than I usually do. Um, so, so that's been fun. And then, um, shameless plugs, I, shameless plugs. <laughs> uh, and then I also, uh, recently went to, uh, Yomacon, uh, which was at the, the top of the month, which I almost forgot about it last, <laughs> last time we recorded. Um, but while I was there, I, I happened to pick up, uh, an SD version of the aerial Gundam and, uh, for for like twelve dollars, which I was kind of blown away by, because next to it uh, was like you know sixty eighty dollar mech kits that are all like imported from Japan and all all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and I'll talk more about the convention itself uh, in the in our next section. But uh, I'm I'm excited to to get that uh, kit built up. I you know watching the Witcher Mercury like that. I really love that design of that uh, Gundam. Uh, which they didn't call a Gundam for the longest time, and then, and then wow. everyone was quick to point out the packaging says Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they did. It was it was uh, there, for there, uh, legal reasons. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there's a plot point in the show where they're like, "No, it's totally not a Gundam." Why would we call that? It would that? be that would be illegal. That would be illegal. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so nothing quite mech related on my painting desk right now. But uh, I, I do hope to, to change that here, uh, you know, with some of the vacation time coming up. And uh, yeah, so with that, I think we'll, we'll move on into the Comstar section of the show where I'll talk more about that anime convention. Yeah, we'll be right back with the same conversation. <laughs> Message from Comstar. And welcome to Comstar. This is the section of the he show. He made himself where laugh. Brian <laughs> just movies, laughs. Books, comics, RPGs, video games. I, it's all inner inner dialogue going on <laughs> where I'm just laughing at myself. Uh, but uh, but so so yeah, this is the section of the show where we talk about all sorts of stuff uh, that are not literally building or, or hobbying, um, and uh, kind of entertainment that we've been enjoying related to Mecca. And so uh, to, to, I'll just kind of continue on from, from my story. So I, I went to Yomacon, which is a big anime convention located in the Detroit area. And uh, and it was, a, it was a really fun time. Uh, mostly spent it in the uh, vendor hall, which was which was pretty big. Like, not going to lie, it's, it's a big place. Um, and uh, like I said, there's just all sorts of things you could get there especially for for gundam kits and and macross kits and and uh all all sorts of other stuff plenty of dvds and and blu-rays and whatnot as well i did happen to find um i think another nsd version of the yf19 for macross plus uh so so like i i stumbled on a lot of like really obscure macross stuff which i was surprised to find there uh but happy to see Unfortunately, the budget didn't allow for uh, most of those purchases, but um, yeah, there was there was all sorts of really cool stuff there. Uh, on on top of uh, picking up the the aerial Gundam, I also got myself 
um, a piece of art, uh, Escaflone art in the artist alley. Uh, I always try to, to hit up that area as well, uh, since I know, I know, I know folks that do artist alley, you know, it's, it's a lot of people putting their, their hard earned work out there. And, uh, you know, always, always like to support that where I can, a really, really nice piece of Escaflone art did not expect to find anything like that. Um, you know, in this day and age, <laughs> Escaflone yeah, cool. hasn't had, a anything for like almost 20 years now. Yeah. But like <laughs> when we talked to, uh, uh, like 15 years ago, I think cause the movie came out. We talked to Matt Click there, like he's doing that new Ethernexus thing. It, yeah, it's it, obviously in the like people want a piece of this people, still. It's yeah, people really like Escaflone. Yeah. It resonated with a lot of different people and different it's very audiences. different. Yeah, it's different than everything yeah. else too. Um, so the yeah the piece of art was great, and then also it just so it happened that uh, Tony Oliver was one of the guests there. Uh, for those unfamiliar, there's the original voice of Rick Hunter. Uh, from Robotech, who has since gone on to voice all sorts of different characters, as well as doing uh, a lot of audio uh, ADR direction work uh, for for other voice uh, casts and whatnot. Really nice guy. Uh, I think this is the second time I've I've met him at a at a convention, <laughs> and I made sure to get a, a signed autograph of some Macross uh, Robotech art. Yeah, it's a cool picture too. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. It's it's uh, one of the ones that like they kind of have available for autographs. So um, it's got it was, a nice white nice spot to... for the writing on it. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, didn't didn't get to you know ask him a lot of questions or anything or, or like pick his brain. I like so when's Macross coming out? Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but he but he is a really uh, sweet guy, and and it's always nice to see him and and support him when. Uh, when he comes by so yeah it's cool that he's still doing uh, doing the uh, cons so yeah and uh and then kind of the other thing that i had on on my comstar docket was that uh i actually went to uh we had a firefight team tournament uh recently so this is the mantix games uh firefight and uh i was paired up with an enforcer player uh which was a really fun time i brought my my Earth Defense Force, uh, uh, or Earth Federation forces, I should say. Um, <laughs> you were getting the SDF of, getting in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blending all sorts of stuff. It's my my Gundam together. GCPS force, um, with with a complete with a Gundam Strider uh, in in play, and uh, had a really fun time. I think I think my record was one one one. Uh, we won one, we lost one, and then we tied. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was a really fun time. Uh, we had eight players total, so about four teams, and uh, uh, like over half of them, I think, were newer players, like learning to play the game uh, for you know the first couple times, and and you know got to have them paired up with people with a bit more experience, and uh, it was great. Uh, played three rounds, a couple different scenarios, and uh, I. I will say that uh, I was really happy that my Strider, which historically have not done great, <laughs> mostly <laughs> due to dice rolls, um, you know, they've struggled to, to, you know, make the kill and uh, and and really capture objectives for me. And uh, it just so happens that in the new version of Firefights uh, that had just come out recently, the command protocols they added little things you can tweak. 
on different units, one of which was to make your your Strider pilots an ace pilot, <laughs> which gives them an ability called Marksman, which lets them reroll ones on a D8. It's not bad. Turns out I didn't need to re-roll any dice. <laughs> you, you just miss. You don't roll. You don't miss bad. No, I, I just I just miss. Um, but in in this case, uh, my my Strider just decimated. I took out um, a Forge Father Juggernaut, um, another uh, I forget if it was a Tunneler or when I a whole bunch of cyborgs got wasted with uh, with a big blast from it. Uh, it it's it's that thing where. Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't wind up using the ability, but I think making him an ace pilot, like he, it just gave him the confidence yeah. he needed. To, to it showed your support job. for him, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. I threw a couple points his way. <laughs> um, so that that was a fun time. Um, but it is it is that thing where like playing uh, in that event really kind of helped highlight for me um, how I should probably restru- start restructuring my list. Um, and start building more units to uh, do a better job of synergizing with with my my faction's abilities, um, as opposed to just you know throwing what I've got painted out there. Because um, uh, firefight is is a game where like each faction has like a list of very specific abilities that uh, specific units or weapon types within a group get benefits for um, if you if you use these. Uh, abilities triggered at the right time and i was finding that i would often wind up with no units that would benefit from those abilities that i had available so it's just like hmm i should really start building a bit more with that in mind if i hope to be successful in that game at all honestly though it's always just fun to throw dice and play play fire firefight's just so much fun uh, um, you had a whole recap on Dead Zone podcast. If you want to plug that again, but I heard uh, yeah. a certain somebody won the whole tournament. Though you never told us that. Yeah. So, so good friend of the show <laughs> and uh, co-host of the Dead Zone the podcast, Rick Hall, uh, and his his teammate uh, Ben uh, Kinney uh, won won the tournament. Uh, they were a ringers. Mason, <laughs> yeah, they were the Mason Labs slash. <laughs> Enforcer pair up. Um, Rick Rick ran uh, uh, mostly a cyborg uh, uh, Maison Lab team, uh, which was which was pretty fascinating. So like he was geared for melee, and his partner was geared for range. Yeah, so it just worked out. Yeah, because it was it random partners, out. right? You said. Yeah, it was randomized yeah. partners. So. Uh, for the cyborgs, did is is he using the Dreadball guys, or has he got some other cyborgs from somewhere else? Uh, they they're. Technically, they're the Dreadball models, yeah. but they—I uh, believe they were Mantic had repackaged them oh, uh, for, for. Did they? For the Dead Zone uh, Maison Labs booster. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, but ultimately, they're the same models. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I was just wondering, because uh, I remember back before they repackaged them, everybody was buying up all the uh, the Dreadball models. So you couldn't all buy the them Dreadball for Dreadball. <laughs> <laughs> I—I mean, that's what I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, eventually I'll get around to painting those guys. But, Hopefully, uh, but eventually yeah, they go to the vault. Yeah, they'll probably wind up there. That'd be nice. Uh, get lots of yeah, cyborgs. So, so that's that's kind of my my Comstar, and I think I'll throw it over to Pat to go next. Okay. Well, I had a week of freedom. Freedom. Where the wife was gone, and so freedom. I was able to watch some things that I normally wouldn't watch. 
Uh, but I actually did some stuff in the Comstar this time around. It's and you did anything. for both. You did dropship and you did Comstar. This is a miracle oh, episode. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't have when you don't have a, a honeydew list. <laughs> uh, so I watched uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Hawk Hathaway's uh, Flash. Yeah, uh, I finally caught up with that. I didn't catch up with the 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 other one. What was the other one? Uh, Witcher Mercury. Witcher Mercury. Witcher Mercury. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. Uh, I need to finish that. Is what I need to do. Uh, but That's a good I, one. But I was flipping through the Netflix, and all of a sudden I saw Hathaway's Flash. Oh, what's this? Clicked it, watched it, enjoyed it. Uh, but like we said last time, it's one of those mo- mobile suit Gundams that you have to kind of know a little bit of the yeah. history, or you're yeah. just not going to get a lot of it. Yeah, it definitely yeah, is are. a sequel to Some other things. Required that reading there. <laughs> yeah. So, but I enjoyed it very much. And the other thing I watched uh, because it was free. Um, Paramount Plus was Rise of the Transformers Rise of the Beast. This is what uh, we uh, implied before is uh, Transformers. Yeah. Uh... There was a rant there. Uh, I don't even know what uh, you were angry uh, about last time. <laughs> well, we started because oh, you, you were you... Rob. You can you can clip in his rant, right? Because you have that's true. Rant. I can I can clip right <laughs> to the real rant. It's only only my interjections would be gone. So, <laughs> uh, but I, I do think it started because you had mentioned the Bumblebee, and then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On, yeah. Oh yeah, John Cena. Talking about yeah. all the and then I went off on John Cena. How he was not the guy for that role. And I might he, just. He I think I. For me. I think I deleted the other one, unfortunately, so I can't even clip it in. I was so angry yeah. that the last one didn't record that I, I just got rid of it. <laughs> just got rid of it. But, but uh, Rise of the Beast yeah. was okay. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't the best. Uh, I think what really hung me up is the Mirage, acting too much yeah. like Jazz because Jazz was my favorite before he died. Yeah. Several times and, and several different yeah uh, iterations. iterations. Yeah, we, were, we were very adamant about making sure Jazz died in the first Transformers movie. Well, he also died in Transformers the movie too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so that kind of bothered me a little bit. Uh, for me, it was Wheeljack. Wheeljack looking like Urkel, really from the oh, yeah, just from the trailers. Like, I was like, cool. I, was, I, I see. I put that in my mind because every time I saw Wheeljack, I was like. That's not real Jack. It's we're a different character. Yeah. We're going to call him something That's else. what everybody said. If you just call him something else, it'd be fine. Other than it's a caricature. Yeah. Like, it's like a, a geek caricature, but still. Uh, but I guess the biggest, the biggest, biggest, biggest hang-up of the Rise of the Beast movie is the introduction of Unicron again. I mean, every, I feel like every time they try to do these Transformer movies and bring in Unicron or Omnicron, which is even worse because one of the Mark Wahlberg movies made Earth Omnicron, I think it was. I yeah, know. I think that's. I think that's what we agreed on last time. It was Omnicron. I didn't watch any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, and then so in in Rise of the Beast this time, the Primals are guarding a transwarp key, which Unicron wants, so he can leave his system and eat more planets, and eventually he sends one of his 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 badass minion out to <laughs> badass. hunt the Primals and kills all all the other different Transformers and everything out there until it gets to Earth. And then chaos ensues. The Primes are get their butts kicked until the very end of the movie where they make some kind of self-realization, which makes them stronger. <laughs> See? Therapy works. Oh, yeah, I'm a Prime. <laughs> yeah. When they do some inner, inner reflection and all of a sudden that's they right. decide that, yeah, I am not worthless. I can you do this. Sucks. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. right. If that song you played, it'd be sucks. worth it. <laughs> if they had played that song in the movie, I would have been all right with it. That's right. Because yeah, yeah. Prime gets his butt 
Optimus Prime gets his butt whipped throughout that whole movie by this. I even forget. I don't even remember what the bad guy's name is. Uh, was it Scourge? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I know that either. <laughs> yeah. He's a black truck, um, right? I think I've seen the toy. Yeah, he might have been. He's like all rusted and jacked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, even I think even Prime got his ass kicked by uh, Maximal Prime. Or what is that? Is it Maximal? I don't know. I never watched Beast Wars. I don't watch Beast Wars. <laughs> right. I, I gotta look it up. But, uh, <laughs> I think it's Maximal. But not as good Prime. as Bumblebee, but better than Bay movies. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Uh, and again, Bumblebee movie, slightly okay. But it's not, uh, when, when you, I think it is not a sequel as everyone thought it was. Yeah, I thought it would take place like right after Bumblebee. That's the thing. No, I think it happens like. Uh, Present day. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Or like. Whenever, like, whenever that is. Like, a, I think it's like a couple years ever, because when is Bumblebee supposed to be like. 80s. It's 84? definitely 84. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. so I think, I think this happens in the 90s, like in the mid 90s. Mm. Was there a lot of grunge going on? Uh, I think so. A lot, of, a lot of philanthal. There was a lot of TLC and a lot of. Uh, I was on a very a lot of famous TV show. Allison Chains. <laughs> That's right. Uh, um, yeah, sadly, uh, I'm happy I haven't watched it because I think there is no good Transformers movie other than the original Transformers the movie. Even mm-hmm. that, as a kid, I don't even like. I didn't really like that. I didn't understand. I was mad that Optimus got killed. Like that, that really upset me as a child. So, <laughs> I don't like, think I. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I appreciated it until later. That's for sure. And oh. let's not even get started on GI Joe. Jeez, it's Optimus Primal <laughs> is the uh, Optimus, Optimus Primal. Primal. Okay, that's what it. That was. all makes sense now. Of uh, course. I'm actually looking at some of these things, and I didn't realize Peter Dinklage was Scourge. There you go. Oh. And Ron Perlman was Optimus Primal. Oh, really? That was Ron Perlman. <laughs> so, what a waste! I'm, you know. I'm learning all about all these things too. I, it, you know, man, we need we need a Transformers movie directed by Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> exactly. But they're also bringing back. So they're also bringing. I don't know how they are explaining the missing Transformers. Then, like RC was there, but then she just kind of right. disappears. Was she? I don't in think it. I, I don't. But Bumblebee takes place before. But I don't think this is supposed to connect to the Bay movies anymore. I think they separated them. So. Well, okay. If that's the case, I that's think fine so. Because... I'm, I'm thinking they separated them, but they kept the look. Oh, yeah. Well, sort of. The look is not, not as bad as the... Uh... Yeah, I mean, they, there should be some kind of announcement. Don't follow these movies. Man. They don't connect anymore. Because I think that's where my confusion and anger gets ignited. Well, it's because when Bumblebee was so successful, I think they're like, well, let's just do its own thing after that. But then they, it seems like they wasted the potential that Bumblebee, because at the well, end they're like, the... they got together and it's like, oh, it's going to be like G1 kind of. And, and then yeah, it's like, let's skip awesome ahead. Was... I mean, I don't know who's in charge of these movies. Who's in charge of these movies? Yeah. Well, I think Bay is still, coming. Bay is still executive producer. I think he's still got his finger yeah, in there. He, so. he needs to stop. He needs to actually sit down and watch a cartoon then because he doesn't, he doesn't care. He, what he does, he does is make big bombastic like, movies that sell in China. That's all he cares movie. about. <laughs> That's all he cares about. And he gets paid yeah. lots of money. Although these movies I don't think did that well. So I think this is... Well, one of these days he's going to be at a Transformer convention and he's going to be choking No, he won't. He but, won't fucking and care. No, and no one's going to save him. <laughs> you will never go to any of those things because he doesn't care about the fan base. He doesn't care about any of that. That's not, He cares about the dollar sign. That's all he cares about. 
and until thing. recently it was successful because blockbusters existed and now the blockbusters kind of dead now you don't get blockbusters anymore so i think that really is his kind of movie is well on its way out he's capitalizing on the kids even then kids don't go to movies anymore they'd rather sit and watch uh, on their phone like they don't even watch on tvs you know like yeah they don't. They blockbusters aren't increasingly what they were... smaller and smaller yeah. screens to watch these big movies. And they watch Five Night at Freddy's or whatever. Like, that's the kind of thing they want to see. So, um, I mean, Matthew Lillard's in that. So, yeah, it's true. Know. And he was in Scooby Doo, so that's all that matters. That's that he's Shaggy. <laughs> that's right. He's and also he was in some... Hackers. He's also in oh yeah, man. Yeah. Hackers. Matthew so. Lillard is is a wonderful uh, member of the geek community. Yes, uh, I think he actually did. He actually, I think he might have directed Five Nights at Freddy's. I think he I don't had, know. If he, he might have. Yeah, it's not, or executive producer or something. He was. He was, I think he was more into it. Yeah, he was, was more into it than just the actor. Anyways, enough about Five Nights at Freddy's. But uh, yeah, it's Rob's turn. Rob, oh, what did you? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's my turn. Speaking of Transformers, though, that's a good segue. Uh, I did Robot read the. Yes, I did read the new. Uh, IDW, or not IDW, that's who it used to have it. It's new image version of Transformers. IDW lost the license last year. So Image took it over, uh, Robert Kirkman's company. And uh, I'm not a big Kirkman fan, but this is all done by uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. And he uh, writes and draws most of it. And it's a retelling of G1, but different. It kind of starts the same, but in at the beginning, Spike and Carly are actually in the arc and help... Optimus fight off the Decepticons. Megatron's nowhere to be seen yet. It's kind of a mystery. It's all about Starscream. And then, uh, yeah, even uh, it connects to G.I. Joe because Duke is kind of there. His, his brother's a fighter pilot who comes across the Seekers suddenly and don't know what the hell they are until oh, they transform. So, and... speaking of which, too, G.I. Joe makes an end a surprise appearance. Yeah, that's right. As the Beast. I forgot about that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrible. Who? And it was. Very end, they're was... like, they're like, you're this unknown guy who's in Transformers. You want to join the GI Joe team? Exactly. It was uh, a. Yeah. What's what's that? The, uh, Total misunderstanding. It wasn't Tatum, was it? No. No, it was. Uh, oh, for God's sake! What's his damn name? It should have been uh, John Cena's Duke. <laughs> it was. Uh, <laughs> no, he could be original Joe. Oh, he could be uh, Joe Clayton. I, he was. He mm. played the teacher that was the pitcher and turned the middle pitcher. Um, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, the actor. God bless it. I can't even remember those other movies. Uh, you look it up. I'll continue talking about Transformers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so I mean, I mean, it was it was uh, Channing Tatum and the. That was in the other oh, one. I don't even think it needs to. Those are also. They're not connected. To, those GI Joes are bad, but uh, yeah, it's Transformers comic pretty good. I think it's a good start. It's easy to get into. The art is much better than, uh, not much better, but uh, a lot cleaner. Like, I found the IDW and the original, especially the original Marvel art, to be confusing sometimes and uh, really jarring. This was a lot more like the cartoon I found, so it's a lot more uh, easy to get into. A lot more accessible, as they say. But, uh, yeah, I suggest if you are into Transformers, go check it out. Only, I think, a couple issues are out now, so it's easy to get into. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good start. Uh, Pat, you fit, figured it out yet? Dennis Quaid. Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Oh, okay. He's pretty, quite old. Yeah, but I think he plays. It, it, he was. He was in those those first J.I. Joe movies. Oh no, maybe it was Flint. He no. was the the commander of. Yeah. The Joes. Are you sure that's yeah. who was in the Bumble or in the Transformers movie? I think you're getting confused now. Uh-uh. You're getting befuddled. 
You keep talking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna figure. Well, out. Pat's looking that up. I did uh, also recall something that I had forgotten <laughs> uh, before too, uh, and then I'll get back to Rob because sure. I'm interrupting his his time. Uh, but it, I did watch that uh, Avatar: Way of Water. Oh yes. And which uh, I my comment last time was like, uh, it was neat to see they had a whole like army of those AP uh, APUs, I think they were called. They're the, the mechs that they stomped around with in the first movie. And they had them for like a whole 30 seconds. And then they were gone. And uh, they're replaced much later in the movie with like these little crab underwater yeah. mechs. It's because they, the, uh, since the bad guys were able to turn into avatars, they, the, uh, the yeah. Navi, I think they kind of replaced, yeah. they didn't need another scale thing. Because that was the mechs yeah. made it even scale, right? So that fight in yeah. the first movie is great. Him and the, them and the mech, but oh uh, yeah, and it was all right. I didn't so, find the way of the water. I think it was really long. There was it was way too it, long, much longer than it should have been. Three hours and twelve minutes, and it probably could have been an it, hour and a half. <laughs> like there was a lot yeah, of wasted it, time. It's, it's not it's not bad, but it, it was juggling a whole lot. Yeah, um, like they could have cut out whole sections that weren't in, important at all to the movie. And then they had weird, like there's some weird metaphysical stuff that I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" So we'll see. <laughs> the, the number but, uh, number five or number three just got announced for 2025, Christmas 2025. So oh, an really? another oh, year. It won't be a decade. Two, before. two years. Two years from now. Yeah. But uh, well, well, uh, the the podcaster from Canada, you're you're you floor. Reserved. You reclaimed uh, your time. <laughs> I don't know, Pat. Did you figure it out yet? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Dennis Quaid. It was I didn't uh, think so. Michael Kelly. I have no Michael idea who that Kelly. is. I have no idea who Michael Kelly is. If you saw his face, you'd recognize Probably. him. He plays a bunch of a bunch of bits. <laughs> but back to me. A bunch of bits. Back. <clears throat> back to back to Rob. It's backwards, but uh, I did get my Beam Saber print on demand from uh, from the Kickstarter from uh, Drive Through RPG. It's, it's a nice hardback, square bound, uh, glued binding, but. We'll see how well that lasts. But a uh, nice book. Uh, we did decide it is a uh, Blades in the Dark based on system by Austin mm. Ramsey. Uh, I can't wait to check it out, read it all, and uh, another fun RPG with mechs in it. And I got to say, uh, the uh, that Kickstarter was great. I've had other Kickstarters that uh, you get like a code for drive through RPG and then you still have to pay a bunch of money. But they, these guys just, they said... Yep, here's your thing. You redeem it, and they sent me the book. It was great. So I highly recommend you back the you uh, support Beam Saber in the future. It looks kind of cool, so I can't wait to check it out. I do love uh, mech RPGs. We do have a, quite a few that we support, so that's another fun thing. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for my Comstar. Was that was that the last person? I was, wasn't I? Yes, you yes. were. Yes. It was a long, right. long one because we were just we were uh, vamping to try to figure out information exactly. that we didn't really care about. <laughs> yeah. We still, we still got a Transformers rant in there. That's yeah. that was the important part. It, it, uh, and so, so with that, let's head on over to the Mech Banner and talk about the main topic for this episode. Excellent. Wonder if Transformers will show up. Now entering the Mech Banner. Welcome to the Mechbang Hainer. So those unfamiliar, this is kind of our, our round table uh, topic for this episode. And, um, you know, with, with the, the holiday season being what it was, where, you know, in the U.S. we just had Thanksgiving 
And, uh, you know, looking forward, we have a multitude of holidays coming up with the end of the year here. Uh, we've got Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa. And, and, and more. Uh, I'm, I'm just ignorant of, of them, so I apologize. But, uh, you know, a big, a big element of, of this time and this season is family, right? And, and being together, hopefully, uh, with, with a positive uh, family group, mm. uh, whether, whether it's your biological family or a found family that you had. Um, it's something that we also see a lot represented in Mecca. And uh, so I thought I'd open the floor to talk about some of our favorite like family units uh, that we've seen throughout different Mecca franchises. And uh, you know what they, how, you know, what we like about them, what they kind of represent, and uh, and how they manifest. Some of them, you know, fighting for each other and good. Uh, others, not so much. Um, <laughs> some some are uh, some kind of twisted families that uh, work together <laughs> for for nefarious ends. But uh, and some pantless. are just complicated. <laughs> yeah. And and so uh, I thought I would start uh, the list off with uh, you know one that uh, one family unit that uh, I really like it's a combo of biological and and found is the Iori family from uh, Gundam build fighters I still think you're saying Eeyore. <laughs> Iori I-O-R-I um, and so this uh, specifically kind of around say Iori uh, who's you know this kid that really likes building uh, Gundam kits and uh, for those unfamiliar with Gundam Build Fighter, like it, it literally is this very, very meta-textual uh, Gundam series where all of Gundam shows exist and and have you know their gunpla available, and that you can build them um, and have them fight in a digital arena and actually damage like the model kit uh, in some cases. And uh, so so. Uh, Say is, you know, his mom works at the, the Gunpla store and uh, his his dad is exists. He's kind of absent the entire show. Doesn't sound like a dirtbag or anything, but he's just not present. Um, but uh, in, in over the course of the, the show, Say befriends this one guy named Reiji. And I apologize if you can hear my dog growling. At That's all right. He doesn't like Reiji. <laughs> so I'll, I'll address that in a second. But uh, so uh, the, the dynamics of those where Reiji just uh, kind of has a natural bend to the, the combat side of, of playing the game uh, that, that exists within the uh, Build Fighters universe. And uh, that that combination, that friendship, that dynamic, and all the characters that they interact with uh, throughout the show—it's it's something that I always really loved. How those characters bonded—it uh, was really reminiscent of a personal experience for me, where uh, I, I have a, a good friend that uh, we literally cosplayed. He was my say to my Reiji, um, <laughs> where he really liked uh, building gunpla and I would play the video games of it. And uh, so it was, it was a really fun dynamic and, and like that, that show really resonated with me, uh, especially from that kind of family that was uh, kind of central to the, the story. So 
that's the the first one for me and i think we'll throw it over to uh rob you can go first this time for a second <laughs> i guess uh my, my dog out of the room <laughs> yes yeah, so you can escape your dog but uh my first one is is uh from the robotex of course it's going to be uh Max and uh, Miria and Dana, the child. I think it's a great family. Any any family that starts with a knife fight. Any yep. <laughs> family that starts with an assassination attempt. Yep. And they use the same knives for their wedding cake, which I thought was appropriate. And uh, then Dana was born. Of course, Dana has as a baby head, uh, kind of teal hair. I don't know what happened. She's blonde later. I don't know what's that's. Who knows? Who knows what happened there? <laughs> Maybe in the SDF in, in Macro City, they were able to. They have hairstylists. That's right. Permanently changed your hair color to blonde. But uh, yeah, so it's definitely Robotech, not so much Macross, because it does continue on into the Masters version of Robotech with uh, Dana as a young adult, I guess. It's hard to say how old she is. But uh, it's, a, it's a generational family. We get uh, Max and Mira. And. As uh, Brian says, it's in Macross. They they have a lot more kids. Like yes. there's there's not yes, just they, these. They have a good dozen kids or so. Yeah. Good uh, dozen. Holy smokes. Yeah. Some are like, adopted uh, though. <laughs> yeah. There's there's like four or five that are adopted, but it is it is a very large family. We we interact with a number of their daughters. Did they did they adopt any Zentradi kids? Uh yes. Um I, I forget how many. Like I said, there's <laughs> a lot of them and. Like there, there's a family picture of all of them standing together, uh, but we we ultimately only interact with I think four of them total um, over the course of the entire franchise as it exists right now. And um, but yeah, it, it's a really fun family within that that space, uh, especially in Macross Seven, uh, where we we get to see those two characters, Max and Amelia, uh, continue to interact with one another uh, in, a, in a fun dynamic, and their daughter is in a band, so. That's cool. She's not a uh, driving a hover tank, eh? <laughs> uh, she might be doing that too. Yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah, that's my first family. So back to Pat, I guess. Me, yes. Uh, so my first family is literally a family. So this is a show, <laughs> sort of, <laughs> that I used to run home to watch uh, after school, uh, and I would catch it. I would call it, it was, if I remember my time right, it was my 3.30 show, and then we got out of school at 2.50-something. So it was uh, a rush home to get to it? It was a rush home to watch and to turn on the TV and make sure the antennas were able to pick up the station. Their head antennas? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, that would be the Space Giants, which was the English version, uh, which was based on the Japanese cartoon Ambassador Magma. Um, I guess the the if you don't know the Space Giants, it's a, a, a it starts off as a family, a, a, a wife and a husband ro- robot family. Uh, one was gold, one was silver, and they come to Earth because they're there to protect it from. I can't even remember the bad guy's name now. Bad guy, bad guy. Welcome, we'll bad guy. Who's uh, going to destroy Earth? So they. Uh, they come there to protect it, and they befriend uh, a human family. That's a wife and a, and a husband, and they have a son. So as the show goes on, the creator of the two robots, Goldar and Silvar, because one was gold and one was silver, 
Uh, <laughs> Subtle. The, the one thing I just thought was weird, though, is that the husband would be like Godzilla size when he changed into a robot, and the wife always stayed human size. Uh, so. Uh, the 60s. So, so the creator of the two robots then wanted to give them a kid. So he built the third robot, which was based off the family's kid, even to Love the point where they joy. gave him a red and white sweater, just like the original kid. And so that kid then bonded with the kid robot. And then when they turned into rockets to fly around, it sounds like a fever around. dream. <laughs> it's, 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 and then it's they like, turned into rockets. You obviously never watched uh, 70s Japanese, 60s Japanese. Uh, uh, the, is the creator guy the guy that looks like Moses? Uh, yeah, I think his name is almost like Methuselah or Methusen or something like that. He's got even a crook staff. Yeah, so it's it's you know, <laughs> they, wizard. Those Japanese, they like their 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 Moses slash Noah. They, they, once again, not very subtle <laughs> type archetypes. Yeah. Um, but so then it would be the family robot saving the Earth with uh, with the help of the human family. So when Thanks. I say true family, true family. Ah. Yeah. True family, just ridiculous with the little kid robot rolling around red because they would keep their colors so you know which robot was which. Right, yeah, but they're flying rocket mode. Yeah, right. You don't want to get uh, mixed up silver rocket with red gold and white rocket, rocket and red no. red and white rocket. Can't have that happen. <laughs> so uh, it, nice. It, it was a different yeah. time, but it was it, the whole point is your nostalgia for trying to run home from school. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was that, and those were the afternoon ones. I think Johnny Sacco and his giant robot was the other one. <laughs> and then the morning ones were Battle of the Planets and uh, Star Blazers. Definitely remember Battle of the Planets. And Speed no, Speed Racer was an afternoon one, too. That was like 4.30. I remember Speed Racer. Not when it originally aired, but I remember it. <laughs> yeah. No. no. And I'm not talking about that crappy movie. <laughs> the, no, the, no. Not that, not that Caesar-inducing Wachowski movie inducing yeah I, I never saw oh, it yeah. I actually kind of like it does some things well and other things not so much yes but it's it, very bright the, the story is horrible it's very bright and the story for Speed Racer is horrible is Racer X in it yes yes oh, that's all it's important he's the coolest <laughs> but we're not talking about the Racer X family uh, <laughs> that was a, we so, could, that was an honorable mention we'll throw in Speed Racer as an yeah, honorable yeah. mention there's our honorable mention the, the Racer family because yes. the Mach 5 technically is a mech. Sure. It's crazy. <laughs> so, so, uh, so my next family uh, is is a very, we'll call it a complicated one. Uh, it is it is Solid Snake and his family all-encompassing uh, from the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Now, uh, specifically looking, if you look at Metal Gear Solid 4, where... Uh, you know, we have kind of the culmination of a lot of different storylines and characters. Um, you know, Solid Snake himself is a, a clone of this character, Big Boss, and he has a twin brother named Sol uh, Liquid, and and they have another brother who is Solidus. There's no gaseous uh, snake. No. <laughs> Solidus. He, he evaporates. No. There's no uh, wa water snake. Oh, you got liquid. Now, you got liquid. Oh. Yeah, there's liquid. Um, and, and, and Plasma. Is know, there a plasma the, snake? <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with Sol Solidus. He shoots like plasma out of oh, his maybe that's robot it. tentacle He's solid-ish. <laughs> yeah, solid-ish. Uh, 
but it, it's uh, you know it's it's a very uh, complicated uh, history within this this family structure, both his biological family, which is made up of these clones and and super soldiers and and everything like that, you know, dating back to before the Cold War era, um, all all the way to this uh, kind of modern day uh, space where the world is run by you know, uh, private military corporations and there's this big industrial uh, I think the only only by. thing the only thing that's not realistic is the mechs <laughs> yeah and, uh, and and yeah there's just giant mechs walking around uh, supporting them and uh, but then he also has his found family via Otacon and an adopted daughter and uh, you know a good friend named Merrill who he, he saved when he was uh, in his first Metal Gear Solid mission and uh, so it, it's it's a really uh, fascinating, like the thing that I really like about the family is how uh, much that's the dynamic of like them being clones and like genetics and, and how like uh, their genes kind of define who they are and the pushback against that uh, kind of destiny, if you will. And all the all the characters and how that manifests and how they relate to one another, both either as protagonist or antagonist, uh, it's it's just really fascinating. And like I said, it's complicated. Within Metal Gear Solid Four, there's like a 12 minute, like, cinematic sequence where one character just describes, okay, this is how <laughs> you and your siblings came to be. Um, <laughs> And and why this other guy is gone crazy, um, <laughs> but uh, you know the, it it ultimately ends with Snake fighting his brother on top of uh, you know this Metal Gear as you and, should and just a fist fight uh, of these older older men because one of them is Solid Snake who's aging faster because he's a clone, and uh, you know the then this other guy who's crazy who is old in general. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's a complicated uh, uh, family, but like, I do feel like that the characters that, that make that up are what really make the Metal Gear franchise what it is. Like it's, it's those dynamics of those characters and those families. Because uh, more often than not, the villains that the character faces off of is like a, a group or team that is kind of their own family unit and they have dynamics within that as well. So it's it's a lot of the, the interplay there. And like I said, it it really forms the heart of the Metal Gear uh, franchise. And uh, so, yeah, I think, and there's plenty of mechas in there. And so <laughs> and it, to quote Otakon, it's like one of my Japanese animes. <laughs> uh, uh, so so that's, that's my second pick, the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Nice. Uh, and kicking, kicking it back to Rob, what's next on your list? Uh, another big uh, one from the Gundam franchise is uh, Witch from Mercury. We got Sulata and Aerie and not so much Prospera. She's not the best mother and on not Earth. So much. <laughs> not but, so much. But the whole show really is the dynamic between this whole family about the mother trying to save her daughter by using the other daughter. And, and in the end, they find love and acceptance. That's yeah. the, the true the true meaning of uh, Witch for Mercury. It's not all the big fights and a lot of deaths. It's uh, love finds a way. 
and, and, and like even and that one even has like a big found family yeah. element to it where she's going to school and and meets the, her, the earth wins her group bride <laughs> and and meets the whole earth group who pretty much yep, is a yep. family and yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely there's a it's definitely family is very forefront in witch mercury it's it's that is a definitely one of the themes and because yeah. amongst even the bad guys it's all about you know mm-hmm. step sons and clone sons and yeah there's a bunch of yeah. uh a lot of nepotism in that show. Yeah, and a lot of backstabbing by uh, generational people. So yes, a lot of a lot of generational grief and and bad blood and, and tra- trying to live up blood. to their fathers, what their fathers expect from them. Also, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Mjorne, uh is also a big element of of that dynamic, and and her interjection uh, really kind of messes with the the family dynamic of Soleta Ari and, and Prospera. They originally have going. Yeah, yeah. Um, she and, she and kind then, of breaks the cycle of abuse, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was not a very positive uh, no. living. But it was a experience. lot of brainwashing, and then uh, yeah. and then yeah. a lot of abuse. <laughs> so yeah, but well, uh, and, and it it manifests in a, a fascinating way with uh, like with Prospera in particular, where like yes, she kind of has a, a means to an end element to how she treats like Suleta. Um but at the same time there there does become a, a point in the story where she makes like a concerted effort to remove Suleta from the further conflict that's coming to Yeah, head. she tries, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because she's and like the, yeah, it's all about the young the well, the older daughter slash younger daughter. The older daughter. But uh yeah. Who's it's, a baby. <laughs> It's a it's a complicated show, but it's it's really is good. Watch it, and uh, yeah, that's that was my second one. Back to Pat. All right, so I am going to diverge a little bit, and we are going to talk about a family who wasn't the heroes or the thing, and that would be the Zabi family from the original Gundam. <laughs> I love the Zabi family because they remind me of a uh, those. Nighttime TV dramas back in the seventies and eighties, like Falcon Crest or Dallas, things yeah, like that, for where, sure. they the dysfun- where they have the dysfunctional family ruling a whole thing, and that yeah. just embodies the whole zombie family, starting with, uh, oh, for God's sake, D- D- Garma. Garma, yeah. well, Garma. Garma's I say Garma is yeah. the youngest, well yeah. loved by everyone, but then he dies. Dolza. Then you got- then you got Cassilia, who is the, the the one daughter, but everyone underestimates her and just kind of puts her in the background because she's a girl, even though she's well accomplished. Yes. And then Dozel is the is the big guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Zazro is the I would I would label him as the sneaky conniving one because he's uh, he's part of the the media, right? He's always controlling the yeah. media. Yeah. Yeah, but he, then, he gets killed. Right away. Yeah, right away. And then you got Garen, who's questionably racist. Questionably? questionably. Question, there's not much question about that. It's, I'm just pretty, it's pretty overt. <laughs> and then you got Digwin, who's the head of the family, who's like trying to keep it all together. Wrangle these kids. Keeping empire, while still trying to keep power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if you look at the, the family picture of the Zabi family, it just looks like a 70s. Yeah. Uh, which I, the, the best part about the whole family picture is that uh, Zazro, Zazro is, is missing from yeah. the picture. 
Yeah, Zazro, for those unfamiliar, like gets killed before the events of the One Year War start. Yeah. Um, and and it and is used as like a a, um, you know, like a killed in a terrorist attack, um, as more reason that the uh, colony should join the, the Zeon movement. Yeah, uh, and, and they rebel against Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And, and there's there's like fun like familial dynamics uh that that have been uh kind of presented in different iterations of gundam uh i think last time i, I mentioned that there was this series called gundam san which is like a four comma comedy oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah. Bit. and uh there was this really uh kind of touching element which was uh called like dharma space island or something like that and it was it was showing uh, the Zabi family from Garma's perspective before they came into power, and uh, it was like presented where, you know, it's it's uh, that they were kind of this this like working class family uh, that you know were were just kind of roughing it through the tough times, and then just kind of got in invigorated by this movement, and you know. Uh, energized in, in that kind of malicious way and like all of a sudden they're doing like rallies rose through the ranks yeah protests and and more violence and and whatnot and uh and you know, kind of at the at the heart of the story is is garma uh talking to like Cassilia who's who's left home and so this is like really young baby garma and there's this really poignant moment in that story where uh garma's talking to Cassilia and he's like you know when when are we you know, when's everybody coming home? Like, when are we going to be a family again? <laughs> Never. And, and like that moment happens, and then we 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 have a, a beat, and suddenly we're we're with Cassilia. She's in her full regalia and everything, and she's looking up, and there's Char with a bazooka. <laughs> the end. And, and she like has this last little flashback uh, before before. Uh, that incident happens so that was this comedic uh you know just kind of non-canon take on it which i thought was really fascinating um and then you have the gun of the origin which is like this is what really happened yeah. which treats you know it's like no they scheming and evil, evil <laughs> yeah. from day one and uh, yeah plotting to take control and yeah. which is how i like to think of them yes yeah well i think that is perfectly fine yeah and I think that's the official uh, version of them. So yeah, that's that's the that is what's canon is that yeah. they were evil from the start, power uh, hungry, wanted to poison, take, misunderstood yeah. is how it poisoning <laughs> and uh, yeah. and backstabbing. Yeah, again, like literally all, is. all misunderstood except for Giran. Giran was pretty overt. I think everyone that's understood that. what he was going for. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. When he's <laughs> when he's told about, uh, literally told about Hitler, he's like, hmm. Sounds like a guy I would like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So the zombie family. Yay! More, more fun times. All right. Well, going into my my last one, I did have a, an honorable mention of my own, uh, which I did want to throw out there was the Gecko State from Erica Seven. Uh, now the Gecko State uh, gets an honorable mention not just because the leader. Sense. Yeah, they don't sell insurance. Uh, they're they're a radical, uh, like skyboarding, 
uh, counterculture group uh, led by a guy who shares the same last name as me. Uh, and, uh, self-serving. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, but the the you know main character in there is kind of thrust into this group, uh, which is a, a big found family of of people that have been uh, you know again kind of one part counterculture kind of punk lifestyle meets uh, eco terrorists and and whatnot you know fighting fighting uh, through their the conflict of that series uh, and it's it's really good I, I wanted to mention it because I think Erica Seven. Uh, is a series that really uh, could use some love. It's a it's a really great series from I think the mid two thousands, and uh, it's had some sequels which I've heard are a little rough around the edges. Um, but uh, that that main series I think was really good, and if you enjoyed uh, a lot of Gundam growing up, then I would I would recommend that show. Um, but for my final pick, I think it would be remiss if I did not mention. Team Dai Guren from Tengen Topa Guren Lagan. Uh, this is the epitome of found family <laughs> as uh, our, our kind of main characters as they start off is, is Kamina adopts a younger a younger sibling, Simone, and and through their adventures, they, they bring about this whole uh, movement of, of humanity being pushing it further and further to overcome greater and greater uh, challenges and obstacles. The uh, the dynamic between between them all, like uh, at times, is is a little uh, troubling with the the amount of like physical abuse that happens. Um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of face punching, of, uh, <laughs> uh, which which you know in hindsight is kind of questionable. Um, the only way to solve problems. <laughs> But uh, but I I always did love the the dynamic of of the the family unit within that show where you know we have uh, a lot of uh, multi generational uh, characters throughout that series. There's a lot of kind of old guard. There's the the kind of more youthful uh, adults, and then there's the younger generation that's up and coming. And like we we follow them through this. Uh, year, multi-year-long uh, journey in conflict, and it really it culminates where where a, a number of uh, kind of our, our heroic characters and, and older uh, members of the the family like uh, sacrifice themselves and in order to make sure that the younger generation continues and has a better life than what they had, and uh, you know it it culminates with uh, a speech by Simone. Uh, that I think encapsulates it perfectly is that it's the dreams of those who have fallen, the hopes of those who will follow. Those two sets of dreams weave together into a double helix, drilling a path towards tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and especially when he says it, it's very empowering and entertaining. <laughs> and uh, and then he you know destroys the universe. Uh, it's great. But uh, yeah, so so Team Daigoren, it's uh, it's a really fantastic. Uh, sets of sets of characters, a lot of great dynamics, and like I said, the the like emotional core of that franchise is really in uh, centered on those characters and how how they push to uh, you know overcome adversity together. Nice. And uh, yeah, and so I'll throw it back to. Uh, I think last time we did Pat first and uh, then Rob. Yeah, I think this it. Particular yeah, it makes more sense oh, yeah. to do Pat first here. We'll right. do Pat first on this. 
All right, so my last one is uh, a family true and near and dear to my heart, and that is House Steiner, <laughs> Battletech, of the Lyran Commonwealth, and specifically more the 3020-ish after the uh, third succession Katrina war. and Melissa, and, her daughter. And Melissa, who gets married to Hans Davian. And causes a lot of trouble. <laughs> that they bail out the Federated Sons from their coup attempt by oh god I, again here forget uh, it's the Laos the Laos the Laos Pelham Confederation try yeah they tried to clone uh, Hans but uh, yeah the Kelhounds uh, uh, and uh, Steiners come to the rescue exactly and then they bring peace to the world until yeah. Melissa and Davion's uh, devil spawn we'll get to it. <laughs> uh. Well, uh, they they bring really, peace to the world by trying to destroy the Capellans. <laughs> That's their piece. Yeah. They start the uh, fourth successor this, war. So, <laughs> but this is battle tech. You know, this is how you keep peace by destroying how other houses. Yeah. Uh, peace through elimination, exactly, <laughs> which is what the clans tried to do. And so, but everyone loves the clans. <laughs> when Don't get do them it, to start okay. it. But when the house Steiner does it, it's all oh, genocide. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was ever okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. yeah, so that's uh, my last family. You know, they're, they're, I, I encountered the Steiners and the Davians with the first Battletech I read, which was the Sword and the Dagger. Uh, I guess, contrary to, uh, as I was reading on Sarnet. Sarnanet? Sarna. Uh, it was not the first book. Everyone thinks it's the first book. It was the first book written, but not the first book shopped. Like published, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. It was the first book shot, but not the first book written. Nah. Right, right. Yeah, so it was the first book published, but not the first book written. Nah. But uh, yeah, it definitely shows uh, Katrina, the original Katrina, as a uh, powerful leader. She, a little conniving, but she, uh, in the end, she. But they all were, weren't they? Yeah, but and she some, wasn't doing it badly. Some, her, more, her, some were more overt than the others. Yeah, her conniving was, uh, you know, selling her her all for the wonderful group. daughter her wonderful teenage daughter a middle-aged man but that's all right but, you know that that that's a whole medieval feudal yeah oh yeah that's definitely what it was based alliance on alliance building yeah so. and it was yeah the two good groups pretty much in the world at the time they, like obviously the steiners and the davians at the beginning were the good guys even though later on it was retcon that's obviously they aren't the good guys but <laughs> they're always but when it's always be the good guys yeah when it was first written they definitely were shown to be the the more honorable and people they, compared to the still, and compellants and the curitas <laughs> but uh those, those well definitely compellants nobody nobody thinks the compellants are the good guys <laughs> that's no. never been said <laughs> yeah same with the curitas the curitas eh, they got the samurai spirit they're not as bad yeah. but uh this really rolls into mine so we'll get right to yeah. mine because uh mine is uh is a certain other uh steiner davians but it's the next generation of uh of she was born Catherine Steiner, Steiner Davian, but she changed her name to Katrina to try to get some favor with the Steiners and uh, <laughs> and her brother, Victor. Uh, yeah, not the best family because uh, they end up tearing the world, the universe apart. Two-thirds of the universe gets uh, into a civil war after this, but uh, Katrina was a bad like person. She killed her mother and, uh, and, yeah. And while Victor was away destroying the clans, at least beating them back, she took advantage and stole the commonwealth out from under them and started the uh civil war fedcom civil war but they're still family they still 
love each other? No, they actually hate each other very much. They send they send each other postcards in the holidays. But the rest of the Dinerstavians, like uh, like Peter or Yvonne, they were not bad people. Peter got a little brainwashed. That's all right. <laughs> Yvonne was kind of wimpy. She she eventually uh, marries someone good, I think, and lives a happy life. Yvonne's probably the one who gets away good. Victor lives to a ripe old age, but he's always in trouble. But uh, Katrina eventually gets beat that beat back, sent to the sent to the clan wolf to. She never gets killed. She gets sent away, and may, <laughs> maybe as a uh, progenitor to the current uh, ill clan, Ilkhan. But yep. So, it's all still happening. That that's the beauty of BattleTech is that it it is all Not about so. families. It's all about families yes. in BattleTech. The multi generation stories about that's why I think they really lost it in the Dark Age, which I'm currently reading. It's it's got a little bit of it, but they did lose a lot of the threads of uh, some of these ancient families and where yeah. they going like Pat They're, said in his original one about dynasty and Falcon Crest and all it's kind of like that but with giant mechs that's really what uh, Battletech they, is so I think they lost their way when they introduced the egg mechs oh wow that that was a whole other issue <laughs> clicky clicky tech was a whole other issue but uh, but yeah so it's it's the Steiner Davians not the best happy family to end with but uh, they got there in the end <laughs> Victor eventually had a bunch of kids that were not bad. He had he had kids with uh, illegitimate kids with Omi before she died. Spoilers, and uh, they they kind of turned out alright. And then he's got other kids that turned out alright. None of them lived up to the grandeur of uh, them, though. I think it that, no. that was kind of the end of the Steiner Davians. And that's it. That's my last uh, family. Oh, very nice. And so I I think with that, you know, if if there are any families that that you think should have been on this on these lists you know if you think that the white base you know heck we didn't talk uh, about them at all autobots <laughs> autobots uh what about you know gendo akari and evangelion like, mm. <laughs> that's a that's a strange family if there are any that you uh you know really resonate with you that you really enjoy within the mecha franchise feel free to leave a comment uh, on our YouTube page or in our, our Facebook group or in our Discord channel. Uh, we've got all sorts of different ways that you can reach out to us. Uh, but we'd love to hear like what you guys uh, have to think. And and uh, I think with that, let's let's head on out to the Xville. Sounds good. Yes. Yes. Let's Xville out of here. And here we are in the Xville. Uh, so we're we're heading out for uh, the holidays here. We hope everyone has a safe and wonderful one, and and you get to celebrate with uh, the family that you uh, would love to spend that time with. Yes, hopefully <laughs> so, you'll get uh, more Gundam models that you'll never build like me. And hopefully yeah. you don't murder half the universe. Yes. Yeah. So don't throw the universe into a civil yeah. war, please. Exactly. It's only Christmas or That's other right. other non-denominational <laughs> holiday. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So you know, we'll we'll have a show uh, out right right after uh, the Christmas time. Yep. Uh, so I'm sure it'll be a lot of we'll, uh, what we got. <laughs> a lot of what we got. It'll be uh, you know capping off and starting the new year. Heck, there there goes 2023, and and hope you guys good written. Uh, another <laughs> another 12 episodes down in the in the pocket. It's hard to believe that that's 12, 12 episodes already. That's a month. That's a year. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. And and there's, it's, you know, speaking of like 2024, you know, we're starting off the year in January. We have that the new Gundam Seed uh, movie is going to be coming out. There's a whole oh, yeah. bunch more 
Uh, oh yeah, the in. the second part of the Hathaway Flash is supposed Hathaway's to come out in 2024. I don't I don't know the date on that yet, but it just says 2024. Yeah. Yep. So there's there's also, a lot there's a lot of mech related stuff. Yeah, Warpath Kickstarter year. for the uh, 10 millimeter version of uh, Firefight and Dead Zone uh, Warpath. It's going to be coming out in J- fe- yep. January, February, somewhere January, in there. February. Yep, there'll be a Kickstarter for that. All I can say is those little teeny uh, striders are cute as hell. Yeah, everybody needs them. I, and I think I <laughs> think as, everyone should have. Cute as the stunt bots. I don't. I don't. Aww. Oh, I ha- I have some over there somewhere, but uh, yeah, they're very cute. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, you know, hope everyone uh, has a has a safe time this season and I'll drive uh, safely. Yep. Watch that weather. Watch enjoy the weather. enjoy your family time. Don't marry anyone off to a rival family. Yep. House. Uh, yeah. Like, share, subscribe. <laughs> like, share, and subscribe. Subscribe. Uh, make sure you buy the big giant fusilier from John B. Ross. Ah. Yes. And uh, so with that, I've been Brian. Ah, and I've been Chopper. I've been rough. I've been the the (laughs) fuseler. Pew pew. Pew, All right. Have have a great uh, holiday season, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Execute order 66. Whoa. (laughs) This was episode 66. (laughs) (laughs) We know you got to pew pew it. Bye bye. Bye bye. This has been Mobile Armor Radio. Join our Facebook group by searching for Mobile Armor Radio. Find us on Twitter at MArmorRadio. Join us on the first of every month for more mecha discussion.